0: Good afternoon, this is Howard Sandifer, and you're on Black Muse. Today, we have a very special guest, the one and only Dr. Rochelle Sinet. The associate professor of piano in the School of Music, and the inaugural Dean of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion for the College of Arts at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign campus. Rochelle, good afternoon, how are you?
1: Good afternoon, thank you so much for having me.
0: doing yes. wonderful. So good to see you and thank you for spending time. As I was reading your bio, I must say it is one impressive background. The things that you've already accomplished and the things that you're involved in now, and um, let me let's just jump right in. First of all, could you talk a little bit about your work at the University of Illinois at Champaign? I know you've got two major uh, job titles responsibilities. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about both of those, please?
1: Sure. Um. So I joined the faculty uh, back in 2008 as an as uh, as a professor, um, and I joined the piano faculty and so I've been there so almost 15 years now and um, along the way um, I just became more aware of my experiences of being a, a faculty member working with my students and um, around 2016 is uh, when I was I became tenured uh, to, uh, promoted to associate professor and uh, I was looped into diversity equity inclusion conversations a new committee was formed um, and I was looped in, um, I was invited, but what kept me, was, kept me, st- I stayed around as uh, because. I met some wonderful people, not just in music, uh, the arts you know, across the board in College of Applied Arts, and it's people who are really devoted to the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so it was in 2021, I took on the role of Associate Dean of, for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the college, which represents um, the units of music, theater, art and design, dance, urban planning, architecture, landscape architecture, and then Craner Center, Craner Art Museum, and Japan House. Oh, I got them all. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful conversations with everyone. And so, yeah, I'm just thrilled and honored to be able to serve in this role as well.
0: That is so wonderful. Congratulations on, on that great work that you're doing there. Thank you. Um, let me ask, as as a pianist, uh, I don't know, so we're going to talk about that. I know you're a performer as well, a scholar. Um, but Uh, Let's let's start at the beginning. How did you get into music? Uh, When did you start playing piano?
1: Started when I was young, um, but I didn't have, I don't have a fabulous story. Unfortunately, I just saw it on TV. I just saw a pianist on TV. I thought it looked cool. And then at the same time, I was going, uh, I was very, I grew up in the, uh, the church and uh, my first piano teacher was also uh, the organist there. So I remember watching her. And so I begged my parents actually to play, to take piano lessons. They said no initially because <laughs> they figured a kid is going to, um, she's a kid. She's going to change her mind. and But I kept at it. I kept it persisting. And uh, so they eventually relented. And I uh, found out later, they rented a piano. They didn't tell me that <laughs> the piano was rented for six months. And then they purchased it later. <laughs> so Maybe she might change her mind. So that's what I, I happened to see a pianist on TV. And I just was mesmerized. I don't remember uh, who it was. But I just remember see, just cat, you know, flipping through channels and coming across a concert a pianist on TV. And so that's how I got started.
0: Wow. And interestingly, um, did you start with classical music i mean you know i did
1: i did um i started with in classical music but i grew up, i said i grew up in uh, the church where it was common for you know people played without music and so um yeah i grew up in an all black church um, and, uh, so I, you know, had the, I'm grateful for the experiences, uh, of being a church musician. I started playing, um, in church just only a few years after I started taking piano lessons. So I would play along with my piano teacher. She'd play on, uh, organ and I'd play along with her on, on piano. And, um, we'd be up in the choir loft and people would say, well, they couldn't see my head cause I was very small and they'd say, who's playing piano? <laughs> and so, uh, but I start. They would give me hymns to play with the, the. It was the traditional service, and but then eventually, no one told me as a child that it was unusual to play without music. So I just eventually stopped using music because it was just too much trouble to turn pages, and so that's where just the idea of playing from memory. Uh, for, in, in, um, in ways that one would expect. So solo music, you expect that, but with, you know, playing with other choir, with, uh, with, with choir members playing entire cantatas from memory was just, yeah, no one told me that's unusual until I got to, you know, other circles and got, you know, got much older, that's that's very unusual. So, yeah, um, and I didn't grow up with classical music, but I grew up hearing gospel music, traditional um, um, hymns sung by predominantly uh, well, all, yeah, choirs, uh, black choirs. And so grateful for those experiences
0: that is a great story on <laughs> the contrary it's a great background
1: uh
0: well shell where's where's home um where, where did you and where, where did you grow up in what city
1: i grew up in beaumont texas which is originally which is originally that's where i'm from and i grew up there and it's about now we're away from houston so southeast texas okay. uh parents are uh, originally from uh, louisiana uh, they migrated, both of their families migrated to Southeast Texas, um, where jobs were, there were more jobs. Uh, there weren't as many jobs, opportunity job, opportunities in Louisiana at the time. So, yeah, family moved. And so, yeah, I was born in, in Texas.
0: How about undergraduate work? Where did you go to school there?
1: So undergraduate, uh, first, uh, so I first, so I received my degree from uh, San Francisco Conservatory, which uh, music, which was quite a change from... Uh, from Texas. So I learned, uh, and I loved it. I remember the first time I went to, to San Francisco, just embraced everyone it came from so many different backgrounds. And I absolutely loved, it. I, I soaked it all in. So uh, yeah, I'm still grateful. When I do have a ch- uh, chances to go to b- back to the Bay Area from time to time. I was just there last year uh, doing a performance and yeah, grateful for my experiences there. So as an undergrad, yeah, that's where I received my degree. And then a uh, master's degrees from, I went to, uh, I, I graduated from University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. And then after that, I uh, proceeded to receive my um, artist diploma at Texas Christian University. Mm-hmm. And then after that, a uh, doctorate degree uh, from University of Illinois. Um, I finished that in three years. And then I was hired uh, as a faculty member right after that.
0: Remarque. You know, studies have shown Black professors are underrepresented at the top ranks of the education ecosystem. Why do you think that problem exists? And what can we do? Do to correct that problem?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I wish I had the answer for that—the all-encompassing answer. That's a that's a difficult one. Yes, um, just across the board in, in higher education, yes, uh, you have so few uh, Black women represented, um, Black people represented. So um, I'm grateful that there are there's more awareness. I do think that you know every. You know, locations are different, but I, again, I'm glad that there's, there are, there's more awareness of this and particularly given uh, recent events over the last couple years and recent tragedies that there's more, you know, more visibility is because of this, uh, that people are more aware of this. Oh, um, there's, you know, really in a lot of ways, there are certain times where it's not always a welcoming space. Honestly, and that's what I would say to to young people as well. That if if my advice if going into higher education, um, don't let anyone tell you what you cannot do, um, because I know what that's like, and it's not a great feeling. Even before I got to higher ed uh, pursued my higher education degrees. But if music is what you truly love, then um, you find those people that support you in the work that in, in what you're doing. And also, yeah, if that's what you want to do, then then do that. So I very much. I wish I had the solution to that, but I do know it's not always a welcoming place. It could be the, um, you realize there aren't a lot of people that look like you. Uh, You're often playing music by, uh, say, J.S. Bach, and often in ways that are traditional, people aren't rethinking on ways to play uh, traditionally classical music. Mm -hmm. And so um, I personally love uh, the music of J.S. Bach, and I'm also thinking, why can't, and why can't we also have these scholarly deep conversations about you know the scholarship of Black composers because there's there are many, and um, why can't we also it doesn't have to be an either or, is what I what my thought is about this. So I don't unfortunately don't have a solution, but if we, but what we can do is just continuing. Um, all I can do is you know, my have my you know, offer my contribution, just continuing to show up for be there for our students, our Black students, particularly, um, mm-hmm. to know that we're that we're there for them. I'm there for them. And it's not going to be easy, but if you love it, then keep, keep doing it.
0: You've got a wonderful project that I'd asked you about before, and I really want to hear more about it. Yeah, to Black back to just- Black. Please tell us about that. That is it's really, really a wonderful project
1: back to black the conception of that actually happened not the title but the conception of it happened when I was an undergraduate in California and I became aware um yeah there weren't a, you know from experiences doing competitions as a child and being in the spaces that you know there's not a lot of representation uh, when it comes to black classical musicians and so I became even more aware of that I was always aware but became even more aware of it. and then I was like well, I'd like to, let me. so then somehow I got the idea of you know, are there any black composers? And so that's where that's, and then I discovered the first music uh, I discovered was George Walker and the piano concerto and the uh, black woman by the name of Natalie Hinderas, who was a brilliant pianist. Uh, Oh my gosh, I was mesmerized by the sound, her, her playing, but also the music itself. Like, oh my gosh, I got to learn more. Who is this? And so that's where the seed was planted. And then at the same time um, I had a, uh, you know, studying piano and also we were taking uh, uh, pianists were studying also harpsichord and, um, uh, Forte piano. So I'm grateful. I also, you know, had a year to study harpsichord, and I was reintroduced. Her name was Le- Lorette Goldberg. Uh, rest in peace. Her name is Loret- Her name was Lorette Goldberg. She was a wonderful harpsichord teacher that reintroduced the music of J.S. Bach to me because before it felt like a chore um, with previous instruction but it was just the way she had just just brought the I, I just the music became, came alive for me and so it was around this. those things were happening at the same time so that's where it was sort of planted and then the t- title came later but it just happened over the years I was often playing music by J.S. Bach I often say J.S. people say Bach but I like to say J.S. because I think he had sons that were fantastic too so I always uh, my students know I'll, I'll affectionately say J.S for short um playing the music by js and playing music by black composers i've always often um pairing music that i've been doing that off and off for for a while and so why don't i turn this into a recording so um so that's how that happened and really it just um some of the early conversations when i received earlier feedback about this when presenting at conferences and um uh requesting funding how just it kind of shaped in some way it was actually good some of the early criticism happened oh why are you playing bach and just how there was misunderstanding about that and so that led which was great that it happened because it also encouraged uh, yeah i felt compelled to write my own liner notes just to Uh say this is about you know, facilitating, just doing my part to help facilitate conversations, which in many circles are already happening. And uh, so I find just also what happened, you know, what led to J- uh, this um, Bach to Black was when I'm playing music by specifically JS, um, that the audience looks a certain way. And then often if I'm invited to do, a, a, you know, a part of be part of a program that involves Black um, composers that the audience looks a different way. And we talk about audience diversity, but in real time, we don't always see it realistically. So this is sort of might be by deliberately pairing. So each suite I paired specifically Mm -hmm. with, with in terms of key or just telling some, or just even a way to shock the listener paired with every single one of the suites. So the first Black pianist I saw play, perform live was Leon Bates. Yes who was also, who was a bodybuilder also. And so that also inspired me of, because I, I also lift heavy weights too. So I just, I was watching him too. So I came later by the way. Um, but yes, Liam, was the first black man. And then it was around, then, um, I would dodge in Pratt, also, who was the first Black pianist to win a major international piano competition. For me, that was huge to see uh, the representation because for so long I had not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, and then yeah, it wasn't until later that I came across uh, Natalie Hendricks' recording, who was Leon Bates' teacher, by the way. Oh, and uh, so I was thrilled yeah, that I got to meet both of them on different occasions. Uh, and it just uh, so phenomenal that the, their stories that, uh, that they tell um, with their careers, both of them.
0: Got it. Now, let's let's do this, if you don't mind, Michelle. I would like to uh, share a video uh, with, uh, with our audience of you performing uh, one of the pieces from Bach to Black. Let's take a listen. And we can find that particular piece by Johann Sebastian Bach on your recording project, Bach to Black, which also includes compositions by Black composers Ulysses K. Samuel Coltridge-Taylor, and others. Where can we find these recordings?
1: So physical CDs you can find on uh, either directly through Albany Records or through Amazon, you can find it on Amazon, physical, the CDs. Um, If you're a streamer, you can also find it on any of the streaming services, Spotify, um, iTunes, all of them.
2: Yes.
0: You're a scholar, you're a performer. When do you have time? (laughs) I was just thinking all of this work that you're doing, this is amazing. and additionally, you're part of a duo as well, correct?
1: Yes, yes, Uh, duo memd, duo memd. Uh, formed uh, in 2010, um, just the idea of, I spoke earlier about me playing from memory. Um, so it's, it's, you know, we play music by underrepresented composers, just the idea of a violin, piano together, but also playing from memory, uh, which is not something, it's a bit rare with chamber music, with uh, with chamber music. And so that, but that's where that came from uh, because no one has told me as a kid, that's weird <laughs> to do that. So I turned it, we turned it into a duo. Uh, and luckily my chamber music partner is very much on board that we feel, and, and you know, there's in certain ways there's it, something powerful about connecting with the music and you, you're not, there's not a barrier of, of a score. And so, um, Yeah, you can find. We can find. You can find videos of us. Uh, We premiered uh, James Lee's uh, uh, Violin Sonata, Violin Piano Sonata Number Two uh, a few years ago, which you can find on YouTube. Um, We did some music by uh, Clarence Cameron White, black composer, um, like uh, our uh, like his rendition of Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. so that's where it formed is that we we did some uh some outreach uh Michigan a few years ago um to promote the idea of uh, more inclusivity and bring people to the chamber music program at Blue Lake uh Fine Arts Camp, which is where the, the program where it was where we where we met. But yes, that's the idea behind duo mempi, dual mem as in M-E-M, memory, and then DI uh, uh for diversity.
0: Excellent. Outstanding. Can you also let us know about any upcoming performances uh, that you might have coming up?
1: Yes, I have a, a performance want next. To
0: come out and see you. I want to. See, we got to come out and support you as an <laughs> artist as well. You know, I just like to
1: Oh, if your audience wants to go to St. Louis, well, Ferguson actually, Ferguson. Uh, so many of you are familiar with Ferguson. And so there's a wonderful Baptist church, a landmark there, a church there. Uh, and so the idea of the audience diversity, I think it's really important, not just to talk about it, but to actually do it. So um, there's a program, um, box society and Pianos for People are pairing to bring me there. Um, they graciously invited me to do a recital there and it'll be at Ferguson at the Baptist church there next month, uh, which is yeah, just outside of uh, St. Louis. And Pianos for People, for many who don't don't know, may not be familiar. It's a program that was started around 10 years ago. Um, It provides piano lessons um, for people who may not have easier access to have pianos, to to pianos. And they even, they donate pianos to certain families as well. And so... um, Again, I, because it's so, again, this is so important to be able about audience diversity. Uh, I just think that's so wonderful that we have people that at the Box Society of St. Louis, they have been wonderful. They really are about reaching out. I mean, really reaching out, not just a one-time thing. And and this is how we want to make sure that we are bringing music to people, regardless of background. So that would be next month. Got it. Um, Is there... Anything that you would
0: just like to share with us about you, Rochelle? He's a fascinating artist, musician, scholar.
1: I think um, it's important. Uh, I know there's more conversations about self-care. I, I also just want to add that <laughs> and my thoughts to that as well. It really just, yeah, you know, often... I'm, you know, doing, we're doing a lot of things, you know, reaching out to a lot of people, but it just really what helps to keep all of this from perspective, but because yeah, there's, you're dealing with lots of things, even at high, as I said, at higher education is not always the easiest uh, place to navigate, uh, particularly for black uh, people. Mm-hmm. And I think self-care matters. Um, really find, finding something that you love that's outside of your your job, it matters. And so for me, it's working out. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that, that's what I was just, and just getting to talk to cool people about about the work uh, is what keeps me going. But yes, can't emphasize, I can also chime in and say, self-care, taking, breathing, <laughs> it matters. <laughs> right. Particularly when one is doing diversity, equity and inclusion um, access work uh, is very easy to get caught in uh, to, you know, come to racial battle fatigue I know that that term has been coined term has been coined a racial battle fatigue. Uh, It's very real. Um, But uh, again, what keeps me going is just making sure that uh, I'm okay so we can make sure everybody else is taken care of that includes my students.
0: Dr. Rochelle Sumet. thank you. This has been a very wonderful opportunity to learn about you and the work that you're doing. And let me say, continue success on all your efforts and
1: uh, we're going to be looking and listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: We'll end our program today with another performance by Dr. Rochelle Sinet. Barker from In the Bottoms Suite, by R. Nathaniel Dett.